The temperature is nice and warm in the Boiling Point Podcast studio, so come on in, get cozy, and let's enjoy the conversation. We empower leaders through thoughtful discussions to positively impact our world. Our host, Dave Vale, founder and CEO of Vision Coaching, Inc., is highlighting how we can thrive in business communities. Our conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, and inspirational storytellers are shining a spotlight on empowerment. Joining Dave this week is our special guest host, Emily Roger. Let's join the conversation with Dave and Emily. Why don't, why don't you start, Emily? We are here. Welcome to the Boiling Point Podcast. I am replacing Greg today and uh, right. gave him the boot. <laughs> he became the techie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And even, and then he took off on us. I know. And, and he set you up with your mic. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Emily. Which that should be brought attention yeah. to. Here's, here's my mic stand. We have a garbage can upside down with a Kleenex box balanced on top and then the microphone. <laughs> and now let's contrast that with yours. I have top of the line. <laughs> it is like it's snazzy. Yeah. It, Look at uh, it. Even, even the sun shines in behind it. That's right. Oh they gosh. just put me in the glory. I seat. know. And, like, and actually, so people know we're in the same room socially distanced, properly socially distanced. So occasionally we, we, I'm noticing we're looking at each other talking because it feels weird to look into the screen. Um, So you, so you were, you were, you've been a guest twice. And then um, we had an episode, uh, an interview um, last where you were the guest host uh, with Dave Carroll. And uh, what did you, what, what did you, what was it like being the guest host? Because maybe I'll start by saying, um, you must have done this many times before because you are like supernatural, if not. I have never done this before, but every time I'm on guests on a podcast, I want to know about the other person. And like, I have to be careful to not step out of my, you know, places being a guest on the host and take over as like, well, I want to hear about you. Well, tell me about your life. <laughs> well, so then you're perfect host. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. You're, 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 yeah. Well, no, I mean, you just, it was awesome questions and, and clearly had researched and stuff and, um, and all those things that, that I like don't do very well. Um, so thank you. And, uh, yeah, and I just, it was just and the questions were just quite brilliant. So, um, and this is, this is a little more, uh, comfortable call f- or, or interview for me, um, because obviously I've been getting to know we working with you and, and knowing you and, uh, but, uh, but this character we have on has been a, a ho- or a guest, sorry, in the past. He talked about having difficult conversations. And that's a that's a really interesting topic that's been and, and quite well listened to. And I know, Bruce, you've shared that out. Um, but why don't you introduce, because you have, a, a, I would describe a special relationship with, uh, with our next guest. I do. So Bruce McLeod, who is uh, one of my most favorite people in the entire world, has had such a huge impact on my life. And um, he has been my executive coach. He's also been my teacher, my facilitator through Royal Roads University um, and and a friend, a partner in prayer when I need it. And uh, yeah, Bruce. Hi, welcome. I'm wow. getting excitement to chat with you. <laughs> wow, well, hello. It is absolutely fabulous to be with, with you folks today. And Emily, thank you for those very kind words. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, I have really enjoyed getting to know you and, and becoming a friend and watching you on your journey. 
And uh, of course, Dave, you and I have have been working together for quite a while now, probably going on 10 years or somewhere close to that. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I saw this on my calendar today. I thought, wow, great. I get to talk with two great people and just have a conversation. So, so, and what's fun for me um, in this is, uh, and we're going to, we're going to really jump in for people that are interested in the, the coaching world and what's going on and happening. And, um, you know, in, in particular, kind of what I call leadership or executive coaching maybe is, will be, but, but I think it could apply to probably all fats coaching. Um, we're going to jump into that in, in a moment here. Um, Emily, as people that have listened to past podcasts would know is, has, is on almost, uh, through capstone, which is the kind of final stage at the Royal Roads, um, uh, graduate certificate in executive coaching. Bruce is on faculty there. Um, Bruce is also a general manager of coaching services for vision coaching. He has his own shingle, live big coaching. He's all things coaching out there. And what I love is hearing you guys talk and, and, um, knowing that, that, uh, I was, you know, when I was going through what we call an onboarding process and you were looking for a coach, Emily, it just, I was like, man, there's something about this Emily's story and what she's wanting to do that. I just really think Bruce would be a good fit. And so it uh, warms my heart when I just hear, and then, and then I heard from Bruce, like, oh my gosh, this, this is, this is like my perfect kind of client. And, you know, he, he speaks so highly of you. Your journey has been incredible. Um, and uh, it's neat. It's so, I'm so happy that you, you know, kind of, I know you had a bunch of really good people in your life, but, you know, found a, an opportunity to invest in coaching while mm -hmm. you're going through a whole bunch of things. So maybe I know you're the guest host, but can we start by you describing what, you know, brought you to to um coaching in the first period or the, the kind of the interest in it and then and then you know and and then engaging with bruce yeah the it peaked my years ago it peaked my interest in taking this uh, non-direct approach with people and um and, and just the power of being curious and the power of holding people capable and i was not even aware at that time that executive coaching was a thing or that this non-direct coach approach even existed i was very um aware of the direct athletic approach, but in looking back and in looking back at my, my career in sport, it was the non-direct coach approach that at the time I didn't even know was there that really helped propel me forward. And I thought, wow, like there is power in this. And then hearing more about it when I was initially on the boiling point podcast through you, and then started researching even more and, um, took different certifications myself. And then, uh, it was that thing. Of, and we kind of talked about it earlier or on the previous, um, podcast about taking that action, like taking that thought that you have and mm -hmm. turning it to action mm -hmm. and to just reaching out to you mm -hmm. and saying like, whether it was you, who I was going to work with, or can you partner me with someone? I had mm -hmm. no idea even how it worked. And, um, you partnered me with Bruce and we had a phenomenal just intro session and me being able to say, this is what I'm this is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm curious about. And Bruce speaking about what coaching is, what coaching isn't, um, his kind of style and coaching and just getting this certainty within myself of, yes, this is who I am supposed to work with. And, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, it really was, I'm not just saying this is like kind of a, a plug to coaching, but it really was one of the best investments in my life. Okay. Yeah, well, that's that makes us feel good to hear that, eh, Bruce? Absolutely, honored and humbled. Yeah, well, so well, why don't we dig it? Like, so people listening that maybe haven't worked with and, and haven't 
you know, worked with the coach possibly, or, or, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, confusion about what coaching is and what it isn't and what's mentorship and all these sorts of things. Um, and, you know, we're having these daily conversations, you know, in terms of the work we do at vision coaching and, and uh, the work you probably do at Royal roads too, Bruce, just helping people understand and, and step into that. And because we live in this world that, you know, is always talking about, here's the, you know, the three, three top, you know, the three steps you need to take to 10 X your company or whatever it is, um, which coaching is, is completely different. Right. So what, what do you like? And, and, and the other thing I've mentioned is it seems, I mean, I'm kind of setting up maybe for us to have uh, kind of a broader dialogue, but it, it what we've noticed Bruce uh, as practitioners is your experience, Emily, um, we've noticed, and I think it's a product of being in the market for a while. So, but, um, there's actually been this massive increase in one-to-one coaching. Um, and when the pandemic hit and, um, and it not initially, but and to be honest, you know, we would have had conversations about like, like, I mean, am I even going to have a business in six months? Like, I just didn't know. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you're doing, you're working hard to back up your business, just the realities of, you know, this is how, how we pay our mortgages and, you know, and, and uh, you know, invest in our future and our kids and all these sorts of things. And we did not know like at, at this beginning. And then I would say, um, and Bruce, you, you can chime in at any point here, but I would say about six months in, we started seeing this uptick. And then we thought, is this just a, is this just happening like, is this just maybe a reaction to things are calming down? But then, you know, as we know, we're, how many months are we into this now? Like 18 months, 20 months. Yeah. And, and we're, we're, we actually just uh, had one of our, like, you know, kind of uh, most busiest months um, in the last month, you know, in terms of signing up new people and all those things. So, and then, and there's a common theme I'm finding. So, but I, that I, rather than me share my perspective, Bruce, why don't, you know, I'm kind of setting up to hear, you know, what are you noticing out there? Sure. Yeah, I, w- I would agree that the coaching has changed, sh- has shifted, that the nature of things that people are bringing to coaching has shifted significantly since the pandemic hit. And I think you're absolutely right that not necessarily in the first, you know, three or four months, because, you know, if, you, if we can remember back that far, I can remember us having conversations, you know, in Canada here around, okay, well, boy, we're, everybody's going to take the, the reading week in March off, and then kids are going to go back to school, we're going to take a whole week off. And that was where we thought the extent of it was a week right. and it turned into two weeks and then a month and then another month. And now here we are 18 to 20 months later. And, you know, e- executive coaching um, or leadership coaching is really, you know, h- historically has been about people looking to be better leaders and looking to enhance their, their presence, their effectiveness, their, um, and that's really shifted in the last 18 to 20 months, because what I am seeing a huge increase in is the number of clients anywhere from frontline supervisors to CEOs around what's my purpose in life. The pandemic has really challenged people to think about what's this all about? You know, people are, are working from home and they're, they're experiencing life differently now. They're, they're around their kids, for example. Or they're in the house with their spouse all day and their spouse is also working remotely. Or they're in the house and they're by themselves and they're experiencing isolation. And there's so many things that people are encountering in, in, I won't say for the first time, but in a different way for the first time. And people are really, you know, that they're, 
as we've started at sort of various fits and spurts along the way to think about maybe it's going to be time to, for us to go back into the workplace, back into the office, or if we've been in the office all along, we're thinking, okay, everybody's going to come back home here. We're going to get back to normal. Um, people have realized that there's more to life than just showing up in that office every day. And people are really asking, what's this all about? Why am I spending, you know, an hour and a half in the car commuting through uh, to get, get into work in Toronto? Or why am I, you know, fighting the weather to drive from Halifax to Moncton to go to a meeting in the middle of winter when the snow, when the blizzard is there and putting my, quite frankly, my life at risk, jeopardizing what that could mean for my family. People are just rethinking life. And I'm having many, many more conversations with coaches these days around spirituality. And where does my sense of direction come from? What is it that matters to me? And what is that thing that drives me, that inner, that inner sense and desire that we all have to feel like we're doing something that's really making a meaningful difference. And it it's just become so much more magnified in the last 10 to 18, you know, 12 to 24 to months that that has just really changed the whole face of the conversation. I, I know I'm getting a, can I just ask one question here real mm-hmm. quick? And then DJ um uh, we're, we're, we're figuring out our rhythm, Emily and I, uh, here and, 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 uh, I know I have to jump you in get qu- one question. I, I have to jump in quick because she'll, she'll ask this awesome question and I'll be like, damn. And I have to come up with a good, a good question to follow up with that. And so why don't you take it for a while? Emily? Uh, at least that was our last interview. Um, no, but I, but I'm wondering, is it, do you think there's a part of it? And I'm going to ask both of you this question because you know, you're out, you've, you've got probably pro bono clients and some paying clients now, Emily. Yeah. I'm fully, um, yeah, you're fully, you're fully booked, coach, but yeah. yeah, because, uh, because of probably a, a bunch of good reasons, but you know, it's just uh, partly, I think this awesome post you put, that we've mentioned a few times, didn't, didn't hurt your profile at all. I'm mm-hmm. sure you got a few requests as a result of that. We have, we have unloaded that in previous podcasts, so people should listen to that, but I'm wondering if it's, if it's like, is it that we're being forced to kind of examine these things? Like it's, we're not just, you know, we're not just getting snapped back to kind of, you know, the way things were, as everyone says, and that we're, you know, it's like, um, like I found the big, my, the, the, the times I learned the most uh, are the times when they, like, it just, this thing won't end, like whatever it is. Right. And it's usually uh, in an area of my life where I have, if, if I have to learn, I, or at least this is how I've experienced it where I, I have to figure this out. I have to grow from this um, because it's just, it just won't go away. Cause it, clearly I haven't learned what I've need to learn. Right. And whatever that is, right. Like, and there's a million examples I could give, but do, do you think there's something to that Bruce? Just the fact that, that we're just, we're still not back to kind of what, you know, we would think is normal. Well, I, you know, when you ask that question, what comes to mind for me is that I think what people have fundamentally realized, and I include myself in this, is just how much of a, a fallacy we have been living around the the sense that we have the ability to control things. We can actually map out and, and map our destiny and map what's going to happen and where we want to go and what we want to be. We've been hit really hard, square between the eyes, with the reality that this is out of our control. This is not something we do, but we people desperately want to get back to some sense of normalcy. Some people desperately want to get back to the way things used to be, and we have no no ability to do that. And so I think it's forced people to say, if my comfort has been in what I know to be predictable, in what I know is minimal ambiguity, if my, my sense of purpose has been 
hasn't really had to be challenged. I just do what's the norm. I get up, I drive an hour to get to work. I go to work, I come home, I get, I go to bed, I get up and I do it all over again the next day. People have said, I, I can't control that any longer. The pandemic is the pandemic. And so I think it's really forcing us to say, what do we have control over? And I think fundamentally what we have control over is our lives. <laughs> That's at, at, our, at the essence. When I talk to CEOs that are saying, you know, I've really realized through this that my purpose is not in, in generating more money or profit for this company. My purpose is in investing in those grandchildren that I have that I haven't spent any time with or supporting my my son or my daughter who's going through some real mental challenges and mental health issues right now. Or, you know, in my experience, the, the, coinciding with the pandemic, my wife was diagnosed with stage four cancer. Um, my son was in a very serious uh, accident where he rolled his trailer in his truck. My 17-year-old nephew a few weeks ago was killed in a car accident, uh, you know, completely unexpectedly, obviously. And what I've really realized in my own life is that, you know, those are the things are, as those things have happened, I've been able to embrace just how important they are and what they mean for me in my life, which as much as I love and feel called to the work that I'm doing, um, is in a better perspective now than it was 18 months ago. 18, 24 months ago, I was running flat out with work, with business, because I love what I do. But I've lost control now. Mm-hmm. I'm, re- I'm, re- I'm reclaiming the control I have over my life in this. And that's bigger than any job and any vocation and any, it's about what really matters for me. My days are numbered. Nobody's going to miss a turn. We're all going to, we're all going to die. So how do I want to make the most of the days that I do have? That's really the fundamental shift I'm hearing show up in so many ways in our clients and what's showing up fundamentally for me. And forgive me if that sounds morbid, but I actually don't think it's morbid. I think it's actually really exciting. Hmm. Better to better to feel that now and to, to wrestle with that now than 20 years from now when 20 years has passed of us being on the same treadmill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how, you know, for some people, it myself included, <laughs> it was that forced of, oh, the treadmill stopped. So now what? And and like you were talking about the the control, the things that we thought we had control over and realizing that we don't, and then putting that energy and that focus towards the things that we do have control over and the things that are really important to us and um, so much about where our values lie and then be able to, yeah, take those things that we learn about themselves and then be able to apply them to business, apply them to the way that, you know, CEOs are, are working and, and how employees are treating one another and the culture of it, of it's, you know, in the bigger picture of it, it's all kind of, it's so intertwined. It's also, it's also, it's also simple. I struggle with it every single day. That's why I have Bruce as a coach, but (laughs) it's yeah. Letting go of that control and the world, the word that always comes to me is just is surrendering. And then we can really see what our passion, what our purpose is because I can, in my mind, think that my life has a purpose, but it's something that I've kind of created and that I have control over and all of this stuff. And to be able to let go of what my, 
what I think my purpose is to really be able to dive in deeper and explore more deep down what it actually may be. Yeah, you know, as you say that, Emily, I'm struck by, you know, when I, when I use the C- example of the CEO realizing that perhaps the, the most important thing in life isn't generating the next quarterly return. It's not that that be- is not important. It's absolutely important because there's people that their retirements are tied up in how well that company does. And But what's, what I am seeing in the CEO is a recognition that there are other things that I can influence and be part of that are equally or, or as important or more important and stay in my CEO role. I can create I have the levers and the, the ability to create a more um, understanding and a more diverse and a more compassionate workplace for the people that do work here. I can do, there's lots of things I can do that are focused on a broader spectrum of the benefits, a broader spectrum of the needs of the people that show up to give their, their you know, heart and soul into this business every day. So it doesn't necessarily mean people are discovering what their purpose is and saying, oh, I've got to leave my job. I've got to quit. I've got to move on to something else. But it it's allowing people to say, I need to broaden my focus and include more things that are important to me and create balance in my life. Mm-hmm. Balance is the, is the new, you know, we often talk about work-life balance, but I think that whole paradigm of work-life balance has taken a whole new meaning in the last 18 to 20 months uh, because our two worlds have been meshed together. I don't, you know, if when I go to work in the morning, it's a, you know, 10 steps downstairs and into an office, <laughs> the same building I live and sleep and I can hear my, I can hear my grandkids out in the, in the rec room, or I can hear activity going on. My two worlds have collided right now. And that's both uh, disconcerting and exciting, but it's about creating, how do I find balance in that? Mm. That's what the power is. We, um, we're part of a, um, a, um uh, pilot um project where uh new brunswick and I, I did put an article out and it's 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 public uh where new brunswick medical society uh, part of their wellness program um is supporting coaching physicians mm. and we've been lucky enough to partner with them bruce and um i think we're coaching i don't know probably 40 or 50 phys- physicians across the province right now you know within the, our roster um, and what was really interesting was when they launched, and I think it ties into this conversation directly because when they, they launched, they said, well, it'll be interesting to see how it's received, right? Um, you know, if, if, if physicians will reach out and, you know, be interested in working with coach, well, they were oversubscribed in the day. Wow. They, they put one email out. Um, and then kind of, you know, when, you know, of course, it's all confidential, but when the coaches are reporting themes coming back, to my surprise, uh, well, and, and, and I and was actually really happy to hear this, but it's a lot about this kind of, how do I integrate my, my professional life, my personal life? You know, it's, it's under wellness kind of, uh, as an idea and just mental health and all these things that I, I kind of sense that that profession in particular, maybe lawyers and maybe I can pick on engineers too. Um, were less likely, uh, at least in my experience in the past to even, you know, kind of, I don't know if I want to say admit, but acknowledge, you know, despite the fact that some of these professions have higher rates of, you know, uh, mental illness and, and suicide and addiction and all these things, because, um, you know, I think there's a bunch of reasons, but it's, so it's just so rewarding to be able to, to be, to hear these stories and, and, and be able to connect coaches that are supporting people. Um, it, it's been, and you, I know you're coaching a number of the, the uh, in this pilot program and, 
it's been, uh, I think it's been really rewarding for you, Bruce, because you have a new perspective, um, given Laura, your wife's diagnosed with cancer and, and you, you've described a whole different world. And I'm just, thank you for bringing that up by the way, because, um, you know, that's a, that's a part of, I think being in a coach is bringing, you know, part of you into those conversations as well and what you're learning. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, what, what I've, the work with the physicians in that program and, and the other work I do with Leeds Canada, which is a, through the Canadian college of health leaders, um, because I've never, never really worked. I never had a career in healthcare, so to speak. I've worked for a biotech company, but I've never really worked in healthcare. And what the, the paradigm is, my paradigms keep continuing to get shattered. When I go into a profession, I realize the assumptions that I make about who is in there and what they think and what makes them, what they're wired and continually, I don't know how many times, I don't know how often I have to learn the lesson for it to actually stick. But guess what? Every profession is full of people. Right? <laughs> people having a human experience, right? Yeah. It's, that's the common thread through everything. It's no matter what job, what position, what industry we're in, we're human beings that all have a, a core set of needs and, and things that are important to us. The, the sense to feel like we're we're valued, the sense to feel like we're making a contribution, the sense to know that we're being seen, heard, and understood. And today's world with all the noise, I mean, I, if you turn on the news, it's just, you know, a, a constant barrage of noise. This problem going on in, in this part of the world and global warming and all the, all the issues around diversity and all the political noise and that anti-vax and pro-vax and all the stuff out there that, yes, they're important societal issues, but a lot of it is bombarding us in a, such a way that it's hard for us to feel like we're being seen, heard, and understood. Does my opinion really matter? Does anybody really care what I think or what I have to say? Is anybody willing to listen to me and not judge me and allow me to explore and unpack and be a thinking partner with me? That's a real rare commodity in today's world. And that's you know why I think one of the, one of the reasons I think coaching has exploded in the last two years during the pandemic. I, like, like your business, Dave, I've never been busier. I've had my best year and a half that I've had since I started in this business from a financial perspective. That's not how I measure success. But I think it is, it is it, the way I measure success is I feel like I'm really being able to partner with people for them to find their way through to navigate whatever is important to them. That I consider that a gift and, and an honor to do so. And if I ever start to start to feel, uh, you know, um, boastful or, or proud or then, then that'll be a problem for me because it's just an absolute honor to be in service to others that are wanting to find their own way. That's what coaching is all fundamentally about is holding the person that you're coaching wholly capable. You know, it's one of the few professions out there where we believe as coaches that all the expertise resides in the coachee. You know, if you look at a mentoring situation, the subject matter expertise rests with the mentor and they share the wisdom with the coach or sorry, with the, with the mentee in the training example, all the expertise and subject matter expertise resides with the trainer and they impart that knowledge to the student or the, to the learner in coaching. It's the absolute opposite. All the expertise resides with the coachee, the person being coached. And the coach's role is to draw that out of them for their sake, not for the coach's sake. And that's that's a very rare perspective to have in this world these days. So, 
I agree. When you now you had that experience, Emily. I'm assuming, or hopefully, mm-hmm. something's close to that experience. What, I did. T- like, tell us about, or t- to the degree you're, you know, comfortable. Like, you know, um, maybe how that was different, and and how that showed up for you. I uh, I was very much. I had this one liner. Tell me what to do, Bruce. <laughs> And he's never told me what to do. <laughs> and every day, every time I'm like, yep, this is going to be the time. You're going to test this him. Like, You're testing yep. him. Yeah. <laughs> nope. So, but now how, because a lot of people, I mean, we're all in position sometimes where we want someone to tell us what to do because we're exhausted. Right? Yeah. We're tired. Yeah. I mean, I, at least in my experience, like, what should I do? Actually, uh, Bruce is, um, you know, help, uh, you know, be coach like with me a number of times over the years. Uh, hopefully I have to him to some degree. Um, but, uh, it, you know, even though, even if you're immersed in this world, sometimes you just like, just what, what do you think? And yeah. well, I'm curious, Dave, um, you know, it's like, oh, <laughs> heck, here he goes. Fine. I'll call somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, it's what, you know, what I've needed but for you, what was like, how was that helpful? You know, and especially given the, you talk about the, um, non-directive and directive coaching and, you know, you came out of this world of sport. Um, I have a, a small glimpse into it, nothing like you did, but you know, it's, it's, it's much more directive, mm-hmm. you know, here's, you want to improve Emily, here's what you got to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to work hard, whatever it may be. Right. Let's, you know, and, and it's, there's a place for that too. It's not, that's a bad thing, but so this, so how did this, how did this impact you and like, and resonate with you? I think so much of it comes down to being able to find the clarity and, and the power that coaching has in being able to find the clarity because it's, you know, I can get very fixated on big goals and then it's just like, okay, I get something in my mind and it's happening. I think that's very evident in my life, whether it's, you know, turned out to be good or bad or, or whatever else, just very driven in that way. But what the, what the clarity is behind those goals and how often I have come to a coaching conversation with an issue with a topic that I wanted to be coached on to then find out that that's nothing of like the, the problem is not the problem. It's, it's what is behind that. And so if Bruce had told me what to do based on what I thought I needed the answers of at the end of the day, I would have been no further ahead because right. the same problem right. would still. So it's like, it's, it's almost like a symptom of often of something else and the presenting it and having someone be curious and, and non-directive as you know, pointed out yeah. and pull it out. You, you often find it's, it's, it's actually resides somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. And then being able to gain the confidence within myself to ask myself those own, my own coach approach questions. Like there's been times where I have, um, you know, started emailing out, <clears throat> emailing to Bruce about all these, all these things of, okay, Bruce, tell me what to do. And I end up not even sending the emails. This is probably more often than not, I end up not sending the emails because I'm able to gain clarity now just by going through that thought process, thinking more in that coach mind and, and then being able to come up with more of those answers myself. And, you know, I look at the past year and a half of my life and I wouldn't be where I am today. If Bruce had have just told me a year and a half ago, what to do, Bruce, would you have told me to do this? But is this where you would have had me be right now? <laughs> you probably would have said, whatever you do, don't go on a podcast with Dave. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't answer Dave Bell's call. <laughs> but you know, I think that that's a really interesting the way you said that, Emily. And thank you. Thank you very much. Um, because as you asked that question, Bruce, is this where you would have told me to be where I'm sitting today? Noah, that as a coach, that is the greatest gift that I that I get from this is, 
I have no idea where you're going to go. Mm. I get to I get to sit here today and marvel at where you've gone because you made it happen. You discovered what was accessible in you. You identified and did the hard work to determine where you needed to find courage or where you needed to challenge the stories that you were telling yourself. You did the hard work. You know, my wife often often jokingly says to me, boy, I don't you got a pretty sweet gig there because you don't have to have any subject matter, subject matter expertise. You don't have to tell anybody what to do and they pay you for that. Right. <laughs> but the, the the gift that I, that as a coach we get is to see someone like you step further into your potential, see more what's possible for you, believe in yourself and to realize things that you, you a year and a half ago, you would not have believed how your post went viral here a month or so ago, what, what happened out of that and all those things that came, wasn't even on your radar a year Uh ago, but you made it happen. Not me, you. And that's the gift of coaching. Mm -hmm. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. You know, um, I was sitting with... uh, uh, a good friend. He's been on the podcast before Kelly Van Buskirk. Um, he, uh, he's an employment lawyer and he's, you know, an author, very, you know, he's got a PhD in employment law, a really bright guy. And he was the first, uh, and, and he's, he's openly talked about this, the first, um, lawyer that, that, uh, that, that I, I had ever coached. And, um, and I come from a family of lawyers and my father at the time when I got in coaching was the judge. Uh, he's just recently retired and he said, you know, no lawyer would ever hire a coach, Dave. Like, just give it up, give up that idea. And I'm like, man, I think lawyers could really, because I, I know a bunch of lawyers, they really could benefit for all these things we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? Um, anyways, what ties to that, you know, what Lori's saying about coaching is, so that, so we were, this summer, we were on a rugby field watching my son play rugby and Kelly's son and my father was, uh, was in town, finally kind of made it from the Yukon. And, uh, and then uh, and he was talking, Kelly said, you know, I was uh, one of Dave's first clients in terms of a lawyer. And we work with a lot of lawyers now. We're very lucky. And, um, and he said, you know, it was the weirdest thing though. He was talking, he calls him Justice Vale, my dad, Justice Vale. He goes, um, you know, so here he is, Dave asking me these questions to solve my own problems. <laughs> and he's sending me an invoice, you know, <laughs> and of course the lawyers out there would think that's completely ludicrous, right? But there's, you're, t- you're saying as experience from being a client, there's, mm. there's a ton of power in that ton of power in it. Yeah. I, uh, you know, like I was saying in a couple of podcasts prior, I don't think I would have been able to do that documentary like I did if mm. I, if it had not have been for the coaching that I had with Bruce and, and that just 
continues on. And, um, you know, it's on our previous podcast, we had, um, Dave Carroll, who was talking about his new album. And we talked about one of his songs called the giant. And it was very much about if we could only see the impact that we could have on the world. And I believe that coaching really helps that it's like, it's if we could only see what it is that we are really capable of. And coaching is that tool that holds up that mirror for people Mm. to really see what it is that they are um, fully capable of. Do you think it helps that maybe, I mean, I have a belief and maybe not in your case as much because you're pretty, very transparent person, but I think the the fact that it's also a confidential relationship, it's like a, Mm. it's, it's a safe place I mean, it really is free of judgment or it should be, if it's not, there's a big problem. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of those elements in there. Right. Yeah. And no, with that, you know, as, as open and transparent as I am, there's conversations that, um, are conversations that I would only have with Bruce and avenues of my life that I would only have with Bruce and how often, you know, we can have peers that we can speak to and family and everything, but to have a space that is yeah, free of judgment, no biases, like not somebody just waiting to give their opinion, not someone who just wants the best for you. So therefore they think that they know it and they're going to tell you what to do, but somebody to just really be able to hold that space for you. That is invaluable yeah. in my opinion. And, and, and unfortunately much too rare, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, now, John Viev, um, who's going to chime in in a bit when we, we, we get towards the end and I can't, I don't want to get, I don't want to end quite yet. If that's okay, you guys we'll go a few more minutes here, but I, here's what people would find. I think people listening might find really interesting. Um, so we're in the middle of the pandemic. Um, uh, we, you guys are introduced to each other. Um, you start meeting, you, you have this obviously very awesome relationship of, um, and, and you've seen a lot of support, Emily, mm-hmm. have you guys actually gone out for coffee or met in the same room? Never. <laughs> this is what I know Bruce to be. <laughs> I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's four feet tall or six feet or what. <laughs> Closer to you. I won't say it, Bruce. I won't say it. Careful, Dave. Because <laughs> you'll come right back at me, I know. So I won't even go there. But, um, but it, well, and, and did you guys use Zoom or did you guys just by phone or what did you do? We did Zoom. Yeah. So you can have what you're saying is it, it was, uh, it was an impactful experience, even though it's done digitally. Yeah. I don't know coaching outside of being, of doing it digitally. And, yeah. and I think that, especially for me, I know that, um, you know, some, some coaches and some clients prefer to use telephone and there's some clients that I do phone with and that's fine. But I, uh, I think I'm in a, a very expressive person. <laughs> And, um, and so oftentimes when I'm not saying something, it's even Bruce can pick up uh, on these physical yeah. cues. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, how much zoom or whatever online platform is able to still facilitate that. But I think it's incredible that we, I mean, I look forward to the day and I know that it will happen when Bruce and I meet face to face, but that a, a relationship can strong or can form this strongly over Zoom. I think that what that what that really speaks to, Emily, and thank you for, for sharing that because I think that's really important because I know that I underestimated the power of our need for human connection. And I think it supersedes the platform in which we do it, whether it's telephone, whether it's, I mean, you know, you think about 
I know Lori, my wife, still really gets excited when she gets a handwritten letter from somebody. There's a real connection. And even though it's a one-dimensional conversation at that point, there's power in the ability to feel like we're connected with another human being. And back to where you started, Dave, the conversation around, you know, what am I, what am I seeing in, the, in coaching in this, during the pandemic? And I think it, it circles back to where we started around people really wanting to be seen, heard, and understood, recognizing and taking, reclaiming what it is they have power over that they can make decisions and be in control of something in their life when they can't control the, the pandemic situation that we, we find ourselves in. And that fundamentally there's something internal in each and every one of us that is spiritual in nature. And that it's looking for an outlet that um, often gets and often gets outshouted by the things of the world. And so there's a lot of personal reflection going on for people. There's a lot of really thinking about what am I here for? What's the purpose? How can I make a contribution in my work and in my family in a way that's going to have a lasting and sustain, going to make a lasting and sustainable difference? Um, and I think we're just in a place of, of great privilege. You know, I, the, when you think about us as coaches and the fact that people choose, make a choice to trust their coach to share things that they're not sharing with anybody else on the face of the planet sometimes is a real, you know, is a sacred trust that really we need to, we need to hold very carefully and very, uh, um, very, and acknowledge the, the, the uniqueness and the specialty of it. And I would say, you know, I, I, I can't help but, but wave the flag that I wave all the time around coaches is that, you know, we coaches have coaches. And I, I say, beware of the coach that doesn't have a coach. Um, I couldn't begin to be the, the coach that I, ha I am um, without the support of the people that coach me regularly. Um, so if you're a coach out there and listening to it, you don't have a coach, consider why you don't and, and get on it. Mm. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. Yeah, no, I I'm, thank you for bringing that up, because that is um, been my experience as well. And this whole idea of, um, you know, that, and we, we talked, we touched on this, uh, I think, on the first podcast we did, Emily. Um, is this idea of, uh, you know, the work you got to do as a coach, <clears throat> if a client's showing up a certain way <clears throat> and, and, and you're, you know, and you're acknowledging and supporting them and, you know, and, and then you start, you kind of get off the call and you think to yourself, damn, am I doing that? Yeah. <laughs> what do I, what work do I got to do? And, yeah. and I say, it's a, it's a gift and it's also feels like a curse sometimes too, because <laughs> right. it's damn exhausting, man. Um, but, um, and, and I mean, and, uh, and I, and you, you know, have done a ton of your own work, you know, given, you know, getting over to accidents and, but it's just so exciting, Bruce, to watch what's happening in Emily's life now, isn't it? Ab absolutely. I, you know, Emily is a perfect example of, uh, you know, when I get off a coaching call with Emily, um, I am, I am pumped. Like I, the, the energy that I draw from being able to work with someone like Emily is, I mean, that's, that's reward in and of itself. And that's, yeah. again, I go back to the gift that it is to coach somebody. 100% no honor. Um, uh, I got, I have to share this because, uh, um, 
I, I, when I watched your doc, the documentary you shared with me that mm-hmm. hasn't been out there yet in the number of film festivals, I said to Bruce, I said, Bruce, if, did, if, do you know about Emily's documentary? He goes, oh, I'm so glad. Did she share it with you? You know, <laughs> I said, yeah, he goes, so glad because he could never, you know, because of the confidential nature, he couldn't tell me anything, right? He said, um, so, you know, it was like, uh, it was just, it was funny, Bruce. It was finally like, I, I was let in, right? You know, because uh, he was obviously very excited about what's happening for you. And I think that's a quality in a coach that exists, right? Is just, is truly getting joy out of what, and I mean, that's, this is big and this is, you know, but sometimes it's a small win someone gets where they had a tough conversation that, mm-hmm. and they, they, they come back and said, you know what, you know, um, uh, you know, I did it. I finally did it. And whatever that may be. Um, and kind of the purpose statement I like using is unleashing courage. And that's different things to different people. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that might be um, for someone just like, I can't, you know, that's a simple thing to do, but for them, it's a, it's a, it's a gigantic leap. Right. And, uh, like I know the, the things that I felt like, Oh, I, I did it. Someone else might go, come on, Dave, how hard that can that be? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No. And I, I love those, those emails from clients of just like a, just, a, just something that they did a way that they took accountability and, uh, and yeah, being able to share those, um, share those moments together. And I was telling Dave earlier that when Bruce knows this, but when I got a copy of the documentary, Bruce was the very first person who I shared it with wow. because he was such a part of it. Um, Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Well, um, I think we're, well, we went way over what we usually go. Um, not to my surprise. Um, uh, what are, what are, uh, you know, let's just do some quick takeaways and we'll get Jean Viev to, to close us up. But, um, what are you taking away from this, Emily? <sighs> Gratitude. Yeah. For the coaching world. Yeah. Cool. And, and for connection and, and the, um, you know, as much negativity that has come from the pandemic, all of the good that it, that has come and this thing of being able to slow down and, and reflect more and, um, yeah. And, and hearing, you know, how so much of the increase in that one-on-one coaching is happening because that's showing me that, um, the increase that, that people are able to now have those safe places to further explore who they are and what they really want out of life. Yeah. Well, well said. Bruce, anything for you? Yeah, I'm going to echo gratitude for sure. Gratitude in a variety of ways. Gratitude for for people like Emily and the ability to work with people like her. Gratitude for coaching. And I'm also taking away hope. Um, Hope that people that listen to this podcast that maybe haven't experienced coaching will give it a try. Just experiment with it. See what it's like. You know, we one of the challenges in teaching coaching at Royal Road University uh, that we and one of the things that we've learned in teaching coaching is that the only way to know what coaching is is to be coached. It's you, I can have you read all the books you want about it. I can tell you all about it, but until you've experienced it, I know for me that was very real. The first time I was coached, um, I'll never forget the power of that single conversation. Not every conversation will change lives, but a single conversation can. Yeah. Oh man. So and your takeaway. Yeah, I was gonna say, geez, you guys, what a hard hard to you should have gone first. I should have gone first. I knew that. 
like that's the second what's the second thing i told you john i'm saying what's the second thing you got to remember to go first um no I, you know what it's probably um just um it's unfortunate that a, it takes a you know this this pandemic and all the hurt and all the things that have happened but it's i'm i'm happy to see you know there's some silver lining which is really really helpful and um you know and and for us um you know a, an obstacle used to be or an objection used to be um, you know, someone would we 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 be they'd be in touch with us. And we talk about coaching some people within an organization. Well, can we have a local? Co- can we have a coach come in? You know, and I'd have to explain the power. You know, that you can actually have a really great experience, and it can be a virtual. And, and sometimes it's actually it can be. You know, I have this belief that it can be more powerful. Uh, I, the coaches I've hired, I've never had a, like a face to face coaching relationship in terms of being a coachee. So it's nice that we we're in a place that we actually have the ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And support people. Because as soon as you say, I'd, I'd like, to, and it's not nothing wrong with face, 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 by the way, but in, in our model that if you're saying that Emily, and I say, well, where are you right now? I'm in Fredericton or wherever you were. I don't even know where you were at the time. Um, you know, that would have limited who I introduced you to, but instead it didn't. I said, yeah. you know, I could think of, of the 20 coaches who would be the best. And, uh, and I thought, yeah, maybe, maybe Bruce. Maybe Bruce. So thanks, Bruce, for, for being you. Thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate it. Um, man, this has been a little bit longer than we anticipated. Um, Bruce is long-winded though, right? Right, Emily? Well, and I'm, I don't <laughs> call six, well, for six foot three guy. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> six foot three. Yeah. And that'll be, you know what? We should document that when you guys actually meet. Because I have... <laughs> I have worked with someone, but I worked over the phone for a couple of years and we, and for another time, we had a face-to-face meeting. There was, this is a little different because you can't actually see each other, but there was, you know, a few minutes of kind of awkwardness, I would say, (laughs) Um, you know, and and it was finally, it was like, anyways, it was a funny experience. It was a really wonderful experience. John Viav, over to you to to close this out. Thanks everyone for listening. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Bruce has actually joined us twice before, and it seems like he comes every two years because it was 2017, 2019, and now we're 2021. So Bruce, we'll have you back in 2023 for episode four. Uh, and if you want to find this episode and all the other episodes, including Bruce's first two performances, uh, head over to the boilingpointpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, and the podcast platforms uh, of your choice. Thank you, Jean Viev. Well done. Thank you, Emily. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. Oh, thank you. It's been a real pleasure to be with you all today. Awesome. Okay. Chat soon. Talk soon. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Boiling Point Podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform. To find out more, head to our website at boilingpointpodcast.com. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. To find out more about Dave Vale's work, head over to visioncoachinginc.com. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out our next conversation. Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer. Such a dirtbag. 
Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. <laughs>